Hey everyone, and welcome to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner, and in today's episode, I'm talking about probably one of the most epic trail races in all of the Rocky Mountains. It's a six-day stage event that goes from Buena Vista, Colorado to Beaver Creek, Colorado. It carries over 120 miles with 20,000 feet of elevation gain. It even sits with the highest uh, starting point of 12,500 feet. So if you're not really ready for some altitude, (laughs) you better be when you get to this race. They call it summer camp for big kids. I'm talking about the Under Armour Trans Rockies run. And to uh, learn a little bit more about this event, what runners can expect, how it started, I brought in a friend of mine, the vice president and chief running officer of Trans Rockies events. Let's welcome Kevin McDonald. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. I don't want to hurt nobody. Well, I don't want to fight. Hey, Kev. How are you, man? Good, good. How are you, Jeff? Good, man. Thanks for uh, joining me today. I appreciate it. And, you know, as I, I mentioned right after or right before we got on, uh, you guys just finished up your 2021 race. So this is like fresh information that I'm I'm getting in now, like how, how the event worked for you this year and everything else. So congratulations on another successful event this year. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I just got just got back to Canada Thursday night, so I spent the weekend uh, sleeping all weekend because uh, stage races aren't uh, stage races are tiring. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I imagine you know it's it's got to be a little bit tough. Yeah, I, we'll, and we'll get into it. But you you guys your your crew is slugging around gear and transporting you know event equipment and everything else. So it's not this. Hey, we're just going to set up really quick and leave. It's a it's a full on city that you guys are transporting i guess guess. so Uh, i tell tell people we uh yeah we move a village every day so we got a we got 120 crew that wakes up at five in the morning and uh they're not relieved from their duties till after the staff meeting which usually ends at eight o'clock at night so uh yeah long days and uh lots of crew but uh we always seem to we always seem to get a people always say to me oh do you vet the crew do you you know interview the crew and i'm like no i'm not at all i if you want to sign up for this adventure i'm um, and talk to their friends about what it's like but we always for what i don't know how it happens but every year we get like you know amazing crew members so oh that's awesome my job easier (laughs) well exactly that's you know volunteers and, and staff like that really make these trail races go right and it's like i don't know where i would be personally with my races if i didn't have a good solid team and all of these great volunteers to come out and stuff too so well hey i as i said the the event itself the trans rockies run is part of a race series together and i and it, most of it is up and based up in canada but you guys have one colorado race and then one moab race is that right but it's kind of a combination between mountain biking trail running and even a grand fondo thrown in there is that is that right yeah yeah and then we actually launched a gravel race that's go happens uh in like 10 days in british columbia okay yeah so it started uh, just uh well i'll give you a backstory about trans rockies um one of the owners is actually based in uh, munich germany yeah and he started trans alpine run in 2005 brought over Trans Rockies bike race in 2002. Um, and then they started Trans Alpine run in 2005. And, and then he's like, well, we should do a, you know, a similar running race in, in, in America. And they were sponsored by Gore-Tex at the time in, in, in Europe. 
So they met with the, the Gore people in, uh, in America. And then we launched Trans Rockies Run in 2007. So that's how I kind of got, that's the backstory of how I got started. Cause I think it probably would be the, one of the first stage races in the U S back then. And I know there's a few more now, but, uh, I think that was probably the first one back in 2007. So the first year we went from Beaver Creek to Aspen and then 2008, we, uh, are on the, on the same route we're on right now is, uh, Buena Vista to, uh, Beaver Creek. And I was just in Buena Vista and we should have bought houses back then in 2007, 2008, cause the town was basically a ghost town. Now it's, just, <laughs> now. it's booming. Yeah. yeah. So how, how did, uh, how did you guys decide on, uh, going from Buena Vista to Beaver Creek after that first, after that first year, like what was, what was it with the first year's course that didn't work that you had to shift it? Well, we had some permitting problems, uh, a lot of headaches going through Pitkin County, which is Aspen. And then ironically enough, Buena Vista reached out to us, Chafee County, that's the county that Buena Vista's in. They reached out to us and said, hey, we want you guys to uh, bring the event here. They offered us a little bit of money um, to bring the event to Buena Vista. Not much was going on then. And now they probably wish they never brought us there because now they're too busy. What <laughs> 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 was funny back then, we started we started on 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 Main Street back then, and I, and I was joking with the like the guy from the town of Buena Vista. He gives us a permit. I'm like back then, even though we did have a permit, we didn't even need a permit because there's nobody around in the morning. So we started during the week, right? Um, so like the weekend, we started and shut down the street, and no one would. Uh, up to us and ask us what we were doing we just you know started the race at eight o'clock oh. in the morning and but yeah now the town, <laughs> now we were there you know two weeks ago and the town was just because gold rush days was going on the borough yeah. was going on the restaurants were lined up out the door it was yeah it's 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 crazy in Buena Vista right now <laughs> makes it for a little bit different so do you guys you guys don't still start on Main Street anymore right you've kind of shifted that to a different spot yeah so now well this year we started a new spot um we did East Main for probably two or three years. And then there's a new development called South Main in Buena Vista. And then they reached out to me like, hey, can you guys start in South Main to give us some more exposure? So we started there the last probably seven years. Then this year we moved the camp. So everything was downtown. So the camp, the start, finish, everything was the same spot this year. So we started in uh, in South Maine, but we started from a soccer field. So we had our camp, our start, finish, our chillville, our catering tent was all in one spot. Um, so we, and we reversed the route. So normally um, it's more of a point to point, but we decided to have everybody in one spot and reverse the route. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody, all the feedback was really good to this year. Everyone loves the, the route. So uh, so yeah, so we just kind of changed it up. Always kind of trying to make things better. Uh, yeah. athletes so now i noticed uh so is buena vista the only one where you do the loop now because every other stage past that is a point to point correct race right um so what so give me the stages really quick so you start in buena vista and you do and, and each each race uh stage is what anywhere from 13 to what, 22 25 miles something like that right yeah. Yeah, the shortest is uh, 13 miles, stage four. Longest is day three is 24, 25 miles. Okay. So, yeah, you're right. So, the first day is the, it's a loop. And then day two, they go uh, up over Hope Pass. So, we, we shuttle them to the start. And then they finish in Twin Lakes. And then we shuttle them to Leadville where our camp is. Uh, day three, they start right downtown Leadville, right on the main street. We close one lane down in uh, Leadville. So, it's, pretty, it's a pretty cool start. Um, we have a police escort out of town and then they go to Nova guides camp hail and that's the longest stage of the race. And then they finish in this cool little area, Nova guides camp hail. And then the next day after that, they go to up and over horn silver mountain into Redcliffe. 
So I don't know if you've ever been to Redcliffe, but it's a town of like 300 people. Um, and <laughs> and they did. probably love the fact that you guys are coming into town. <laughs> oh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny when you finish at a bar. They finish at oh, the even better. <laughs> and this is the nicest bar I've ever been in. I don't know how they built this bar in a 300-person town, but it's three floors. And we basically, with our 400 runners, we fill the whole bar. Um, so everyone brings their cash and they have fish tacos and margaritas. And then we actually shuttle them back to uh, uh, Nova Guides and they camp there for two nights. Uh, so it's nice for them to just to relax for two nights. There's no cell phone, no cell service there. It's a beautiful setting there. And then we shuttle them back to Redcliffe the next morning and they go up and over to Vail Mountain and drop down um, into Vail. And we finish at a rugby pitch there. And then day six is um, Vail to Beaver Creek. So yeah, like, like you said, every every day after the first day is point to point. Yeah, we've uh, I've never been to some of those little small towns. I mean, I do know like obviously Vail is is a beautiful location, and Beaver Creek has always been really great to work with. You guys finish right in the main uh, like gondola ski ski area right there. Yeah, we finished right in front of the, the chop house there. In that little yeah, 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 good spot. Yeah, and then the gondola is right there. So we have our banquet, our final banquets up at uh, Spruce Saddle. Oh, okay. They take the gondola up to Spruce Saddle for the banquet. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So let's. So I. I and we'll, we can get a little bit more into each each stage here as we go. But I. I kind of want to give the runners uh, that are listening in kind of the if they've if they are looking at doing this event for the first time. Hey, if you're looking at doing this event for the first time, you need to get on to the website and register as quickly as you possibly can after the race is over with because these guys sell the race out their 2022 event already a year in advance. So if you guys are looking at it, put it on your calendar and, and make sure you get it signed up as soon as the uh, race is over with for the next year. <laughs> that way you can get into the race. But uh, what I want to do is kind of give you guys an idea of what, what to expect when it comes to signing up for this event. So the logistics, Kevin, you guys have got set up is pretty cool because you actually, when you get signed up, you actually have a shuttle at the airport, right? That gets, it picks people up. Yeah. So basically, say say you and your wife sign up for Trans Rockies, you fly in from San Diego to Denver. Um, we have shuttles that go to uh, the start in Buena Vista. And I tell people it's basically like once you sign up, once you come to Buena Vista, we basically it's kind of like going on a cruise or going to an all inclusive. We take care of your luggage. We take care of your food. We take care of, you know, your shuttles in between stages. Um, so basically, once you get there and then you get to camp the first night, basically, you're just basically the only thing that you have to worry about is running. Um, we feed you, we have a chill bill set up. Actually, I just ran into the, to, to um, the person who actually started the name because it was called the relaxation station. I didn't like that name. So I had a contest <laughs> when I go on the microphone every night and talk about what's going on, going on, going to happen the next day. And we had a contest, we need a new name. And then someone said Chillville. So I'm like, that kind of stuck. So Chillville is basically the expo where all the sponsors hang out. Okay. And we have a bunch of Adirondack chairs. Sierra Nevada is our beer sponsor. You and your wife finish the, finish the stage. You guys come back to Chillville. You have a cold beer. We have non-alcoholic beer by Athletic Brewing Company. And that's where you kind of hang out for the afternoon. And then 5 o'clock is dinner. So we feed you dinner. And then 6.30 is the evening awards. And uh, we have a medical briefing, a course briefing. I talk about uh, all the funny things that happen during the day because it's yeah. a stage race. We have 500 people in camp. So we have tons of funny stories that happen. 500 strangers camping and eating and drinking together, you know, stuff happens. <laughs> so we have a goo mountain here of the day award. So say if you're on the trail, Jeff's on the trail, someone has a leaky bladder. Um, you help that person um, with water the rest of the stage and they nominate uh, 
uh, goo mountain heroes of the day. So we give it awards at night, just fun awards to keep it light, keep it fun. Um, that's hence, hence the reason why it was like eight years ago, like summer camp for big kids. Right. So, (laughs) wow, man. So it's, yeah, it's an all like pretty much an all inclusive experience pretty much is what you're saying. It's like, Hey, you just, you get, you, as long as you can get there, (laughs) then you're all taken care of. Well, yeah. And let's not, let's not dodge the question. It's it's, it's not a cheap race. Right. And that's, that's that. So we have people that say, Oh, Kev, it's too expensive. I can't do it. But the one thing I will say, this is my 14th year. I've never heard anybody, well, tell me personally that I didn't get my money's worth. Because we have a shower truck. So we have a 53-foot shower truck that accompanies camp every day. So you have a hot shower at the end of each day. And we have 120 crew members. So uh, we have to set up your tent every day. We take your tent down. We move your luggage every day uh, from point to point. We feed you. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a bit of a logistical nightmare because we have 30, 30 vehicles on the road. Um, whether that be checkpoint vehicles, you know, the luggage trucks, the camp trucks. Um, so a lot of logistics involved, a lot of costs involved. Um, so once people get there, they see the whole experience like, okay, you know, it's worth the money. So what's, um, so you talk about the camp, uh, and the campsites and stuff and the tents, like how, like, what are we talking as far as the tent sizes and stuff? Is this like a single person or a two person type of tent? Like how did the, how does that get, um, worked out? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So we have, uh, we have single tents, so you can sign up a solo or a two person team. Next year is the 15th anniversary. So we're, we're pushing the team aspect because Trans Rockies run started as team only. So now a lot of people are going solo, but we're trying to push it back to team. So if you sign as a solo person, you have a solo tent. If you sign up as a two person team, you have a, uh, you're in a tent with two people and they're, the tents aren't big, but they're two person tents. I mean, you're, you know, you're cozy in there. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I said, we set your tent up and then basically in the morning, a morning ritual is you get up at five 30 breakfast at six, and then you bring your luggage to the luggage truck and the luggage guys will be there, be there receiving it. And then, and then basically you have, you have breakfast, you get ready for the start and then you just leave your tent up and then you, you run 20 miles, say with your wife, and then you get to the next, you get the next campsite, the shower truck will be there. All the tents will be set up. All your luggage will be all laid out. Um, and then basically you go grab your luggage go find it, go find a tent. And then most people go to put their flip-flops on go have a shower. And then they go to Chillville, hang out, have a beer, uh, have some snacks. And then we had some live music. Under Armour brought in this awesome band uh, in stages three. Uh, so we had some live music uh, cool. just to just chill out. It's kind of a beautiful setting. You're sitting in an Adirondack chair, having a cold beer, <laughs> four hours for dinner. So you're just, you know, you're meeting people. And that's the unique thing about Trans Rockies because you and I both put on one day events. So say, for example, you know, I'm at one of your events and I meet you at the start line. I'm like, hey, how's it going, Jeff? Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Carlsbad. I'm like, cool, I'm from Canada. But like, you're way faster than me and I never see you again. Yeah. So you don't really get the connections as a one day event. Really. The six yeah. day event, it sounds cheesy. It sounds cliche-ish, but you, like, you, do, you really meet like friends for life. Um, people... I'll see you on Facebook like three months from now. Oh yeah, we're all doing the Grand Canyon, rim to rim to rim. We uh, met. see that's so cool, man. Like that's and but that says a lot about the the. I see this all the time. It says a lot about the trail running community too. Oh yeah, and trail runners will just like as soon as you meet somebody on the trails and you you have that 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 interaction that experience together. It's almost like you, you like you said you bonded for life in a sense. Like it becomes you, you know, lifetime friend. So it's that's kind of a cool cool way to look at it you know, too if you're going you get a chance to meet so many people and this this race is a is a worldwide deal too right you're not just getting people from colorado you're getting people from everywhere that are coming in 
Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because actually California is the number one state um, that we have people. Come oh, from. really? Yeah. Huh. But, uh, but like in our, it's, this year was an anomaly because a lot of the international people couldn't come because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I should run the, I should, I should know this, but on our 10th anniversary, we had 22 countries. Oh, shit. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was uh, yeah, pretty international event. And then next year will be our 15th anniversary. So it's, I'm curious to see how many countries we have signed up for next year. So, so explain the um, explain the team setup versus the solo. So obviously the solo setup is it is what it is. It's kind of self-explanatory. So how does the team aspect work uh, with the event? Yeah, no, it's a good question because the team you have to run. Some people will email me and say, "How oh, do, do I run every other day or how's that work?" I'm like, "No, you run every day." And you have to be um, two minutes at each checkpoint. So say you and I are a team, we have to show up at the checkpoint within two minutes. 98% of the teams run together, but I'll tell you a quick story about people not being within two minutes. So it was two years ago, actually my friends from Canada, husband and wife combo, they ran together every single stage. They were together at every single checkpoint. So it's day six of Beaver Creek, they're in second place. The husband shows up at the finish line and the wife's nowhere to be found. So I said, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, where's your wife? He's like, oh, she's back there. And I'm like, well, how far back there is she? And it turns out she was over the two minute cutoff. So they went from, so you get a two hour time penalty. So oh, she, yeah, she's three, uh, three minutes behind. So she came in three minutes behind. So they went from second place to fourth place. Oh God, yeah. brutal. So there, there's a little tension at the finish line. <laughs> like you, guys, you guys ran all six days together, except for the last, like what, eight miles. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So, but that's, that's a team you have to run together as a team. So it's, it's kind of a cool team dynamics, right? Because say you're having a good day on stage two and I'm having a crappy day. So I, I got to wait for you on stage two, but on day three, you're crushing. I'm, I'm having a bad day. So there's a lot of, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's there's some fighting going on on the course. Uh, I wouldn't say fighting, but there's a lot of emotional stuff. Yeah. Going on so so what have with the two minute cutoff? So what happens? Let's say we're even at stage two. You're at stage two, and and all of a sudden your your teammate is ten minutes behind. Like what what happens? Is there still a two hour penalty during the checkpoints, or is you just get it? You're pretty much just get added that on at the end of the race. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, you have to be like, well, at stage two, we don't really don't have checkpoints because you're going up a pass, but yeah, it's a, you have to be, we mark numbers down at each checkpoint, okay. safety and for a team. So, but yeah. uh, you have to be within two minutes or you redock two hour time penalty. Man, so, so more of the stories, if you're going to come out and do a team, just make sure you're running with somebody that can uh, keep up in that same pace. Don't uh, <laughs> don't have a runner and a walker. It's not going to work. So yeah, if, you're it, if you're doing it with your wife or your husband or your significant other, make sure you really get along because six days of running together could uh, stress the relationship. <laughs> so what uh, what can runners expect? Because it's kind of cool. Like some of the areas you're going through – um, are just really like, A, the scenery is amazing the entire way, but you got a mix of like single track and, and service roads and all that stuff. Like what are some of the things that runners can expect in different stages along the way? Yeah, the stage one, um, it's my least favorite stage because it's mostly fire roads and it's exposed and it's dusty. Um, this year was actually really good because we, we had that like Buena Vista had tons of rain. 
So it was sandy as well. So the sand was packed down and then we reversed the route and everyone loved that. Um, so yeah, day one's exposed, usually hot. This year it wasn't hot because it was cloudy. It was around 70 degrees. Stage two, where you're going up Hope Pass, so you go to 12,500 feet. So basically, it's just a hike up. Even the elite runners will tell yeah. me they'll just power hike up. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's only 13 miles, 14 miles, so short stage. And they'll just power hike up and then bomb the descent. It's all it's basically all single track. I would say, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of you know, like I said, a lot of service roads. Um, it's not a, not a ton of single track. So don't come, don't come to Trans Rockies Run expecting like, you know, 90% single track because that's not what it is. And ironically enough, I thought, because I live in the mountains here in, uh, in the Rocky Mountains in Canada, we have lots of single track. So I thought we'd actually get more complaints about the course not being enough single track, but it doesn't, never really hear that comment too often. Yeah. Um, and then day, yeah, day, day four is kind of like day two, another, another 13, 14 mile stage. And it's just a grunt up. Then you run across this awesome traverse. It's called Horn Silver Mountain, a beautiful traverse. And then a nice bomb. I wouldn't say single track, but it's more uh, uh, Jeep roads. A lot of Jeep, a lot of Jeeps going up that road. Uh, and then you bomb down to Mangoes and Redcliffe and you finish at the bar. So yeah, two, two kind of half marathon days and then three kind of longer 23, 25 mile days. Uh, but yeah, it's a mix of single track, fire road. And day six, we got to go through Avon, the town of Avon. Yeah. So we got to basically run through town. And then you got the slog up to Beaver Creek. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything. So is it the, uh, does it kind of a mix of the, of the trail difficulty too? Is there some, some technical stuff along the way versus a little bit more of the groomed trails on the, or the groomed service roads, so to speak? Yeah. The only, the only really technical stuff would be probably coming in uh, at the top of Vale. Um, there's some rocks there they got to navigate. But I, I would say technical, no, not, not at all. Basically 3% being technical. Yeah. So this is, even though it's not very technical, I mean, it's amazing. I still have to remind people that we're on trails. So trail running shoes are the best, right? So it's like, this is one of the simplest things, but I get at least one of some of my races, I'll even on our technical trails, like, like the, the road shoes. And I'm like, please don't wear those here. <laughs> so I don't know if that's something that you always have to remind your runners for uh, with this event, because it's the, the length of the, of the race and everything. But that's always one thing that I always have to drill into to everybody. It's like, listen, this is not a road shoe kind of, kind of event. No, it's kind of actually funny that you mentioned that though, because more and more people, I don't know why they do this, but it did it. Trans Rockies run is their first uh, trail race. So that boggles, oh. that boggles my mind. <laughs> okay. I, that I wouldn't expect. I, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess if you're going to do it, just jump right into a six day stage race. Like why not? I mean, if <laughs> I, <laughs> you didn't like do it like a 10, 10 mile, five mile, like, you know, uh, yeah. But so, in, in the demographics has shifted. The early days, we had a lot of elite runners, like the who's who of trail running. Yeah. And uh, I would say now, now it's more, uh, now it's more the weekend warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but having said that, there's an Under Armour athlete. Is the, I'll, I'll call him out, Josh for Josh out of Vermont. He's an Under Armour athlete, and I was joking with him at the finish line because he finished first again, and he's an elite runner with Under Armour. And I'm like, Josh, I'm bringing the big guns that knock you off the podium in 20, 2022. So uh, <laughs> trying to get the more elites, uh, more elites uh, back for the 15th anniversary. So there is one particular thing that I always see in your promo photos, or at least promo photos that that pop up through other runners and everything is. Gandalf. 
where's hey who the fuck is that <laughs> like who is this like a, just a runner that just decided one day like hey i'm gonna go dress up or is this somebody that you guys actually bring in because yeah. literally literally <laughs> if if i tell you what guys if, if you're listening in on this go go check out the trans rockies facebook page or their social media and you're bound to find tons of photos with people just you know, Gandalf just standing out there on top of the mountain somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Is, so explain that a little bit. What's the backstory of that? Yeah, the backstory of that was uh, my good friend in Canmore. He's a big trail runner, but he can't take direction very well. So he says, Kev, I want to come help out at Trans Rockies Run in Colorado. And I'm like, oh, Fitzy. His name's Fitzy. And uh, Mike Fitzpatrick. We call him Fitzy. So I'm like, I'm, and we're pretty much full. The crew's pretty much full. I'm like, and he loves dressing up in costumes and cheering people on at races. So I'm like, Fitzy, I'm like, I said, you know what? I'm going to give you the best job. Uh, get six costumes out of your tickle trunk. I'm like, come down to Colorado. You just run wherever you, you, you won't be able to screw up your job assignment because all you're going to do is run around the course and cheer people on. So he did that in 2016 and it was a big, everyone loved it because we have no spectators. There's zero spectators. Yeah. 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 So you're climbing the top of Hope Pass. There's nobody up there. You're like, ah, oh, it's kind of anticlimactic. So Fitzy, Fitzy dressed up every single day and then it was a hit. So, and then the next year he wasn't coming back. So I was like, oh man, I got to get someone to do this. So my buddy of mine worked for Ragnar. Uh, his name's Steve Alderholt and he, and he wanted an entry. So I gave him an entry. And so he came for the, the 10th anniversary and then he goes, hey, Kev, I'll come back next year. What do you want me to do? And so I said, well, Fitzy's not coming back. Why don't you take over Fitzy's role? I mean, you need six costumes for six days. And so I don't know what he's going to dress up as. I just said, all you got to do is <laughs> six So, yeah, he brought Gandalf one year. And so that's how the trend started. And now, and now, you know, Steve did it for two years and then uh, Tim and Chris jumped in and they've, they've done it the last four years. So, oh my God, it's so it's funny things where I just tell, tell, I, I tell the crew, you guys, you guys and girls bring whatever costumes you want and just go wherever, wherever on the course you want and cheer people on. So it's kind of a bit, been a, a big hit. And oh, that, of course, and that Gandalf uh, costume, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. He doesn't tell me what he's bringing or he doesn't show me. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. Like I, I, like the last, I don't know, three or four years I've seen photos after the race and I'm like, who the hell is Gandalf? Like, where is this guy coming from? Like, and a to hike up, is he hiking up, uh, up, up the mountain yeah. in, in, his, in, full, in his full, in his full costume or what, or what? Like, it's, it's awesome. Like I, it's kind of makes me want to try and do that with some of my races, but it's just kind of one of those things that it's, it's, those are the fun aspects of the event, right? That runners don't, I guess maybe now we'll kind of, if you've, been around that event a little bit you've done it multiple times you kind of understand that there's going to be that point but if you like you're a first-time trail runner and you come out to this event and you see you know gandalf or mickey mouse or whoever out on the on the trail you're like oh this is <laughs> quite interesting you know it kind of adds to the experience for them so that's kind of cool well at the, at, the, at the end of the day i always tell my crew members our our main job is to make sure we put a smile on everyone's face right yeah and then i'm i i i, can't, I don't know for a fact but i'm sure every single runner who uh, meets Gandalf at the top of Hope Pass at 12,000 feet is going to put a smile on their face, right? So. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, one of the last things I want to talk about is is uh, I love your environmental platform and Leave No Trace and everything else. So part of that is you actually have rules for runners that they need to follow. 
And if you could go and kind of go through those a little bit, because I think as as a trail race organizer myself, it's it, that's always one of our most important things, too, is letting is getting people to understand like, hey, we want to leave this place even better than we found it. So what are some of those things that that you that runners need to follow as they as they show up for your event? Well, yeah, um, Goo actually, Goo Energy, Celia's uh, marketing manager for Goo. So she's been a big help um, with TerraCycle. So we collect all the goo wrappers at each checkpoint and then we recycle all the goo wrappers and we went cupless probably about four years ago. Mm-hmm. So goo will supply and hydro pack. They'll give everybody a cup at the beginning of the race. So I was pretty nervous about that as most race directors have switched to cupless. Um, we have all these runners run through the checkpoint. How are we going to, you know, fill yeah. up our, our own cups, but uh, the runners are pretty on board with it. Yeah. Um, so it's everything, everybody's on board with everything like that. So it makes our job easier. And then this year, actually, we bought a, we spent like $5,000 on, you know, proper recycling um, bins um, and, and trash bins that have clear bags. So we're not contaminating that. And so we're still, we're still trying to do more um, and get better at recycling and garbage. And um, especially with 500 people in camp every day, we tend to have quite a bit of uh, relief. So. Yeah. So how does that work? Like um, if you got 500 people in camp, do you kind of have like, do you have like these rules as far as people bringing in their own food and into the camp site area or how does that, that's one of those things like that could, that could turn really bad, really fast. If, if everybody's just leaving trash behind, right. Or somebody just drops a bag, not knowing it, like that's kind of adds up. Yeah. For the most part, all the runners are awesome. Um, And what we're trying to do um, next year Maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but I will because that's just who I am. But <laughs> yeah, we have dinner. We have breakfast and dinner every night. So we're trying to get to the point where everyone has their own, like we have a sponsor or we buy it or whatever, where everyone has their own plate and we have a wash station outside because we're basically, you know, tons of waste with uh, all the plates and the forks and the knives. Mm-hmm. We have, because we serve breakfast and we serve dinner. So um, tons of waste there. So I had a, I had a vision where, you know, Jeff comes to the race and Jeff has his own plate and, you know, fork and knife. So it's, you know, we're not having so much waste each day. So, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. So um, that's kind of the goal. That's kind of the goal for, you know, 2022 is to, to have that in place. So, so when it comes to results, do you guys do like a, like overall winners every stage or do you wait until, like, or is it just like, Hey, you, you won the stage. And then overall, once you're done with the all six days, that's when you announce like your big, your overall winners. So yeah, we, we do that every day. So, uh, we do the stage awards and then we do the GC general, general classification. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we do that every day and we move the awards to the afternoon in Chillville. Um, we've had complaints that the evening ceremonies will last too long. Yeah. So now what we do is we do the awards at uh, four o'clock in Chillville. So that's kind of, that's kind of been a cool thing. Cause it only lasts 15 minutes anyway, the awards. So we do the stage awards at uh, four o'clock in Chillville. And then we do the overalls at uh, 6.30 when we start the evening awards. But the evening awards only go from 6.30 to 7, 7.15. So we yeah. tighten that up because people wanted to spend more time hanging out by the campfire and having a beer by the campfire. So, yeah, we just kind of tighten up the awards because people complain. Yeah. And then when, when everything is all said and done, um, you get done in Beaver Creek. Like, how long does it like, – because you're obviously your shuttles are running back down – the mountain to the airport. Like how, how often do your shuttles run or do people, do you see people end up staying an extra day or two in Beaver Creek and having to maybe, you know, get their own, own ride back. How does that, how does that work typically after the events over with? Um, I would say 90, 
eight percent of the people. We have the, we finish on a Saturday in Beaver Creek, so we finish the last runner. We'll come in around three o'clock. We'll clean up the start finish arch, all the fencing, banners, put that away, and then six o'clock we head up the gondola for dinner and final awards, uh, and then. The very next day on Sunday, we, our shuttles will run at uh, nine in the morning back to the airport. So we have we have about you know I think this year we had about 100 people going back to the airport, and then we have another group of people that go back to Buena Vista. So people will leave a car in Buena Vista. Oh, okay. And uh, so they all leave on. They mostly leave on Sunday. Well, shit, man. I uh, this is good because I I have known a lot about the event, and I didn't really know the ins and outs of it. So this is kind of cool to for me personally to be able to sit here and listen to you talk about it and how, what you guys have to go through as me being a race director too. So it's kind of interesting to get the logistics aspect of it. <laughs> and I'm sure the I'm sure the permitting is kind of a pain in the butt sometimes in some of these locations. Like yeah. Some some places are usually pretty good. Some places are like a little couple extra steps here and there. I'm sure. But um, um, yeah, lots of lots of permitting. But the Forest Service is really good to work with. We keep a clean course, like most race directors aspire to do. Um, and all our runners, our demographics, like thirty-five to fifty-five. That's kind of our main demographic. So um, it's not a you know pretty responsible adult. Everyone, everyone except for this one guy, Henry from Oklahoma. Henry's always a pain in my ass, but uh, everybody else. <laughs> Shout out to Henry. <laughs> and, uh, he knows it. He knows that I called him out on that evening presentation, but yeah, all, all the runners are really good. And the permit, like the, the town, the towns, what's happening now during COVID, I'm sure it's happening uh, in all the mountain towns in America, but they're being overrun by tourism because there's nowhere to go. We can't, we can't fly internationally right now. Yep. So, you know, Buena Vista, I know, was was you know overrun the, the restaurants were you know bursting at the seams um hopefully that'll be better next year but uh most of the places we go to they're they're, they're you know they love seeing us um and we have a good relationship with all the all the towns yeah so what's the what's the next event in the race series now coming up uh we have our gravel royale it's a four-day uh gravel race in british columbia very cool and then when's the is is the moab event the only other Runny dude down down here in the states, right? Well, is that a mountain bike? Is that a mountain bike? That's a mountain bike race, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. but I'm not, nice. yeah, I was down in Moab uh, two months ago, so I want to start a three day uh, a three day running race in Moab. Okay. So I'm trying to get that off the ground for next March, but I'm running out of time here. So <laughs> cool, man. Well, you know, for anybody listening in, um, I will make sure in the show notes I'll put down uh, the the social media pages for the trans Rockies run and their websites. You guys can take a look at it. And I'm serious. If you're interested in the trans Rockies run at all, start taking a look at it now and make sure you get signed up right when the race is over with in August. Right. Cause you guys open up registration yeah. the day, the day after the race is over with. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And they, so that event stopped a week ago. So it's been one week since the event happened, right? Or no. Yeah, one week. One yeah. week. So, so they yeah. sold the event out in one week. So if you're interested in it, make sure you're ready to go by the time the event finishes up next year in 2022 to get signed up for 2023. Because I'm sure these guys will sell it out just as quickly, you know, next year as they did this year. So, um, but anyway, Kev, I really appreciate you joining me today and, and talking about it and letting our listeners know, you know, what what to expect at the Trans Rockies Run. All right, thanks, thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, see 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 you in San Diego in the winter time. Uh, hopefully, man, you're you're welcome to come and join our races anytime you want. <laughs> All right, sounds good, Jeff. 
All right, that'll do it for another episode of the Trail Life Podcast. Special shout out to Kevin McDonald from the Trans Rockies Run for joining me today. Hope uh, that that conversation opened up a little bit of of a curiosity box, so to speak, for that event. It's a great event. It's epic views. It's so much fun. And it's definitely one of the events that I have always wanted to do. And I've I've loved seeing that event grow year after year. Um, So if you have a chance to do it and at least check it out, please do. Um, And if you are interested, I kid you not, it does sell out within a week. So as soon as that event is over with at the beginning of August, jump right into that and get on for the 2023 event. but yeah, it's, it's always fun hearing about how other events operate and logistically and what runners can expect from these events. So I hope you guys were able to take something from that event and had fun with that conversation. And I uh, appreciate you listening in. And uh, I'll see you out on the trails real soon. Music for the Trail Life Podcast was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. Matt Meyer.